my self-happiness needs to come from myself and not from others. Because once I start to depend on others, that's when it becomes toxic. Hello, and welcome to episode two of Let's Talk About Life, presented by TLDR Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. Uh, I just want to say a quick thank you to those of you who listened to our first episode with Ryan Figueroa. That had a lot of great positive feedback and a lot of great support. So I appreciate you guys for listening. It was a really good episode. So if you guys wanted to check that out and haven't yet, please go do so. Appreciate it if you did. Um, But let's get right into it. Our guest today is Scott Lee. Scott is a... I've known Scott for a very, very, very long time. Him and I went to college together. We did our bachelor's degree together. He was my roommate for two years in college. So we got to know each other pretty well. Um, he's gone on to bigger and better things, though. <laughs> he is a doctor in physical therapy and is also a certified athletic trainer. In this episode, Scott talks about a lot. First and foremost, you know, he talks about his life, but he also details how his most traumatic experience ever now positively impacts his life and influences how he lives his life today. He also talks about surfing and physical therapy, his education. Um, He also talks about his philosophy regarding physical therapy and what you can do as a human being now in order to keep your body from hurting and keep your body out of pain and what you can do to make sure that you're healthy all the time. We talk about a lot in this episode. Um, Scott is, he's a little soft-spoken and there are some times that there's trash cans going off in the background because it was trash day at Scott's house. But if you can get through that, there's a lot of great information. So I hope, uh, hope you guys enjoy. Without further ado, Scott Lee. Scott, how are you? Good, how are you, James? Thanks for having me. I'm good, man. Yeah, of course. You are a second guest on this podcast now. How does that make you feel? I feel so excited. Following figs. Yeah. <laughs> did you listen to that podcast? Yeah, I did. It was really good. What did you think? A lot of good insight. A lot of good stuff that allows makes you think about what you're doing on your daily life after listening to it changes your perspective what did it make you think about what did it make me think about yeah um so like his work mentality is insane so it kind of made me think about like what's my work mentality like and then what's my mindset at right so when i'm working out or even when i'm at work changes things what do you do for work right now Right now, I'm a physical therapist. So I have like three different jobs. So I work at Culver City as a physical therapist inside of a gym. And then my other job is a co-founder for what we call Offset Med, where we educate dancers, specifically like hip hop dancers and breakers. However, we're gearing our more of the education towards healthcare providers. So instead of- Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, instead of attacking or educating the individuals, we're educating those that are going to educate the individuals, right? So we're able to reach a bigger population that way. And then I also see private patients on the side. And I was teaching at Cal State Long Beach. So I just recently got asked back again to help teach the physical therapy. Oh, dang. Students. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> you sound super busy. Yeah. Super, super busy. <laughs> How do you find time to do things that you like to do? Well, I wake up at 3.30 in the morning, so I get my workout in in the morning, and then I get my day started after that. And I don't sleep till 10, so I'm always trying to fit in as much I can, as much as I can in the hours that I have. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. 3 o'clock in the morning? How do you get the motivation to do that every single day, day in and day out? Consistency, pre-workout, <laughs> just get up out of bed. Don't lay in bed, just get up. Um... Are you, one of, are you one of those people that has, like, a countdown in their head? They're like, all right, I get up, and then in three seconds, I got to get out of my bed. Otherwise, I'm staying here forever. Or do you kind of lounge around in your bed? So I figured out a way to help myself kind of self-regulate my temperature almost. So I've noticed that if you sleep in bed and it's super cold out, you're going to want to stay inside your sheets. I've set up my room where I'll have a fan on, and it'll be, like, blasting at me at night, and I have a timer on it. And I set it to five or six hours, depending on how long I plan on sleeping. And as soon as it shuts off, um, I start to like warm up a little bit because it starts to get hot. And when I wake up, I'm pretty toasty. So I know that it's like there's no point of me staying in bed because I'm not super comfortable. So I just get out. 
<laughs> so you use temperature to help you get out of bed. Yeah. That's so crazy. I've never heard of that before in my life. Yeah. Did you figure that out on your own? Yeah. It's pretty fun. Wow. So you said you get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. So what do you do when you first get up? Take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, self-care, right? Yeah, you know, self-care, you know. And then I'm usually out of my house within the next 15 to 20 minutes, right? So I have everything set up the night before. My clothes is already, my clothes in my bag. Um, my gym clothes and everything is already in my car, ready to go. All I have to do is pick up my meal prep for the day in my fridge. Pull it, I put on my backpack, put on my shoes, and I'm out the door. So, like, all this prep happens the night before? Yeah. Okay. And so, what do you do? What, you said you work out? Do you... Mm-hmm. I know you surf, too. So, when do you get surfing in there? Is that is that your workout, or do you do a workout on top of surfing? Um, so, depending on the days. So, as of right now, I'm only working Monday and Wednesdays at my Culver City Clinic. So, I'm actually able to go in before work and work out. It's just me in there. Um... So the days that I get access to the gym, I'm working out. So Monday and Wednesdays. So then the all the other days, I'm surfing. right? So Tuesdays and Thursday mornings, I'm surfing. Like this morning, I was surfing at El Porto. Um, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm also surfing. So whatever time that I get to surf, I'm doing that. But if I have access to okay. the gym, I'm going to the gym. <laughs> I know surfing is a relatively new thing for you. Mm-hmm. So what made you want to get into it? So... I mean, I played water polo growing up, right? And I did swimming, so I kind of love the water. I've always wanted to get into surfing, but I never got in. I never had the chance to get into it. Um, I wasn't close enough with people that I knew that wanted to surf or knew how to surf. So when during my residency, I met a girl. Her name's Taylor, and she was a surfer, and I thought she was pretty dope. So I asked her, like, "Hey, like, you surf?" And she's like, yeah, you want to come out? I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'll go surf with you. Um, so I actually took her up on the offer, and she let me borrow, like, one of her wetsuits and her board. And from there, it just, like, took off. Like, I started surfing with her, and then I met some of her friends, and I was surfing with her friends whatever time that I could get. And then I hit up my physical therapy friends, and I was like, hey, you guys surfing at all? And they're like, yeah, dude, we actually just started. And I'm like, what? No way. So... Um, we started surfing together, so now that's the crew that I'm surfing with every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, before it was actually Tuesdays and Thursdays as well, but they got busy with work. So, so what is it about surfing that you find that brings you back day in and day out? I think it's the the challenge of learning learning how to catch a wave. But there's so many aspects. It's about reading the forecast. It's about reading where you need to be at for the wave in order to catch it and then it's reading about okay what are you going to do once you catch the wave are you going to just go straight down are you going to go straight down towards the beach are you going to do a specific maneuver and at my at my point of surfing i'm not super great at doing crazy maneuvers i'm just starting to learn how to do it um but every wave is different right so with every wave being different you need to adapt just like with life every day is different you got to adapt to life there Right, and I think just wow, bring it in. Yeah, right. Um, and just being out in the water is so nice. Uh, like just like waking up in the morning and doing like a sunrise run. Being out in the ocean and seeing the water and then seeing the sun- sunrise is also very peaceful. And sometimes you can even see like dolphins at times and seals and all that. Okay, uh, you made a pretty good contrast there, or um, a comparison about surfing and life. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to kind of make a stretch here, and I could be completely wrong, but what comparisons between surfing and life do you see other than the challenge? Like, there's probably a reason why deep down you got into surfing because of the challenge you said, right? But how does that relate to your life? Like, in your childhood, did you face a lot of challenges that you tried to overcome but couldn't, so now it's coming out in surfing, or is it more just like, I just like surfing? Yeah, so so you'll notice, like, if, if anyone notices what I do, when I find myself getting pretty invested in something, it's because I deem it as I'm somewhat decent at. So, uh, if you go to like childhood, I played, uh, my parents signed me up for all these kinds of sports, like YMCA, basketball, like flag football, whatever. And I was crap. I was, I was just horrible. I remember <laughs> I was, I played basketball one time and I was like the slowest kid. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And 
That still hasn't changed, by the way. <laughs> I'm not very good. Um, I remember I got so excited because I actually got the ball. They actually passed it to me. And I actually shot it, and I made it, and I was so excited. I'm, like, screaming, like, oh, yeah, I freaking made it. Basket. And then everyone's like, no. I'm like, oh, no, what? I made it on my own basket. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so oh. uh, that was pretty bad, right? And, um, like, growing up, I wasn't really pretty good. I wasn't, like, good at anything, I've noticed. I was just getting by. Until I kind of stumbled upon, right, in high school, I wasn't really good at school. I didn't know how to study. Um, and then I figured out, like, okay, like, water polo fell in my lap. Um, so I felt like, okay, maybe I'm, like, a little bit decent with swimming. So I stuck with swimming, and I stuck with water polo, and then I figured out that I'm okay at shooting the ball. I remember that I would stay after practice sometimes and stay even an hour or two after practice in the pool and just practice shooting the water polo ball at the net right um because i knew that i was decent at it and it was like my one thing that i was pretty good at so from there i've noticed like my life has started to like i start to hop off hop into different things that i'm really into so it went from like water polo which led me to like community college at mount sac and then from at mount sac i was a tenant right so all i had to do all i had was water polo and studying I didn't have like friends there. I didn't really know anyone. So I started studying. And then if you remember my notes back at Chapman, <laughs> pretty insane, oh, right? Like I would write things, yeah, those are crazy. write things over and over again as if like I'm, I'm like doing standards basically on a paper, right? Writing out. Ask, What's a standard? Standard is like you just write, like it's a punishment. You just have a big piece of paper and you write the same word over and over again or same sentence like you know in the beginning of the simpsons bart simpsons is writing on the chalkboard yeah. like i will not i will not like set the school on fire or something like that that's me basically mm -hmm. writing acetabulum or gastrocnemius or lexismus dorsi over and over again because i'm a, i was a horrible speller <laughs> <laughs> so i figured out that was so that's the real reason why <laughs> yeah right um so that helped me right so i got really invested in studying so that kind of pushed me towards my academic career um, and so I like fell in love with anatomy, felt like I was pretty good at anatomy. I was teaching my lab, my lab, uh, table anatomy and fell in love with teaching too. I thought I was pretty decent. Maybe I'm not. Um, give so, yourself some credit, man. Come on. <laughs> trying to be humble. You got ass back. You're, you're good enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that's my academic career, right? So that's why it led me to going into getting my bachelor's at Chapman and then going on to get my doctorate and physical therapy, and then further going on doing my residency, because I was so invested and pretty much a nerd on trying to learn so much more. Um, so I felt like I was decent at school, and then now I found out I was pretty decent at running, and eh, maybe. So like I would challenge myself distance running, right? So I got to the point where I was running like 14 miles, and then I started getting like calcaneal heel pain, so like foot pain, and then I had to stop. <laughs> So then now, now it comes back full circle to like why surfing, right? Because surfing, I picked it up pretty fast. I was able to pop up on the first day. And ever since then, I've just been continuing going on it. So you look for a challenge in literally everything you do. Yeah. And then... Did your, did your parents challenge you at all growing up? Is that why that's ingrained in you? Uh, my parents kind of gave up on me. <laughs> oh wow okay, well, they, didn't give, they didn't give up on me so they I mean they challenged me right so growing up like every every Chinese kid probably knows about this like going to Chinese school on the weekends right I used to go to Chinese school every Saturday up to like first grade because after first grade I challenged my parents and I was telling people like I don't want to go to Chinese school um, I remember going talking to like my friends uh, in elementary school and be like hey like yeah what are you doing this weekend They're, like oh, I'm going to go hang out with my friends. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I got to go to Chinese school. Like, what is that? You, I'm like, do you not go to Chinese school? <laughs> like, no. I'm like, what the F? Like, why am I going to Chinese school then? Um, I remember I used to complain it to, I was complaining to my teacher and to my parents and the principal, like, brought my parents in and we were like, hey, you shouldn't force your child to do something they don't want to do. So I got taken out from Chinese school. So that's like the first step, right? And then um, with high school and everything and middle school, like my grades were horrible. I had a like 2.89 GPA in high school. 
Wow. Yeah, my SAT scores are crap too. So I wasn't the best because I didn't know how to study. All I focused on was skin water polo because that was what I was all invested in. So after that, they didn't think that I was going to graduate. None of my family thought I was going to graduate high school because they're like, this kid's never home. He's always out playing water polo or with his girlfriend um, messing around and or like doing random stuff. Um, so they kind of were just like, all right, you just do whatever you want to do. Like, because they'll, they'll constantly be like, hey, are you going to study? Hey, are you going to go? Why are you out all the time? Are you going to come home and study? Where's your homework? Are you doing your homework? And I got to a point where I would just ignore them. And I think going to Mount Sac was the best thing for me because I didn't have anything except for school and water polo. So I really had to get my shit together. And I did. And look at me now. You said that going to Mount Sac was what you, like, kind of flipped the switch there? Yeah. But what happened at Mount Sac that made you realize that, hey, I need to fix my life or I'm going nowhere? Was there a specific incident that happened or was it just the fact that you were at Mount Sac? Um, so I had a girlfriend. Uh, just for future reference for everybody, Mount Sac is a community college. Yeah. Um, Sorry, continue. No, okay. It's okay. I had a, so I had a girlfriend at the time. I thought it was serious. It was my first, the first girl that I like basically had intercourse with, right? So it was your first one, you're going to fall in love. <laughs> So um, that was a pretty toxic relationship. Like she, she ended up cheating on me like nine times. Um, wow. And I kept on going back because once again, she was my first. When I went to Mount Sac, she started becoming distant, right? So all I had was water polo school and her. Um, so when, when, she, when I ended up going back to see her, like I found out she cheated on me again and then we finally ended it and it was a pretty rough breakup. And then, so I went back to Mount Sac, and so all I had to focus on was school and water polo, right? So most of my time went into that. But also, I didn't have anything to, like, I didn't have time to, like, fuck around. I didn't have, I had a lot of school to handle. And it was basically sports and academics. And I, I stayed in a house where, literally, I, I wasn't allowed to cook in the kitchen because the person I was with, or the owner of the house, was, like, pretty anal. So I was just in my room the entire time. And there's nothing wow. you can do in your room except for, I mean, on my computer I have like Hulu and like YouTube, but you can only watch so many videos and shows. How did you get over that tough, toxic relationship? I, had, I talked to a lot of my friends. I had to change my mindset and think of each relationship as an experience that you're learning from. Just like with every conversation that you have, just like with every story that you listen to, it's an experience that you're supposed to learn on, from. There's a there's a meaning be- with everything, right? Um, mm-hmm. For that relationship, I knew that she had a lot going on. She had a lot of like things in her past that she had to deal with. And for me, it's to understand how to deal with someone that complex and not take it too personal on yourself. Um, Yeah. So that was their biggest lesson, is how to, for that particular relationship, and I think you've had more after that, but for that particular one, that first one, it was that people are complex and then you have to learn how to work with them. Yeah, people- Learn how to understand and and be empathetic towards them. Yeah, like yeah, people are complex, they're gonna do crazy stuff. Um, You just gotta try your best to help them out. And if they tend to outlash, like, yeah, get violent with you, um, you just try to be passive with it or you try to not fight back. You can, but it'll just make things worse, right? Just try to be understanding of where they're coming from and figure out, and I figured out what kind of girl that I wanted at that point, right? That I didn't want someone that was that type anymore. So it really helped you out to figure out, like, what your sense or your gauge was. Like, what are you looking for? Yeah. So that's another thing that you learned from that relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of those things that, hey, like it sucked while it was happening, but I'm glad that it happened. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, would you change anything? Like if someone asks you, that, hey, would you change anything going back in your life? And I would say no, because everything was an experience. Everything helped me grow as a person. Okay. Um, so on a scale of like one to 10, 10 being the most adversity you'd faced in your life so far what would that break a break um 
Relationship-wise? No, just in general. Just adversity you face in your life. Um, I'd probably say like about an eight. An eight, so pretty high up there. Yeah. It's pretty, Has it anything with me pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> you learned a lot of lessons from it. Um, is there anything in your life that's happened that's been a 10 in terms of adversity? And if so, what is it? And how'd you get past it? When you say adversity? Can you? Yeah, so something that's challenged you, um, pushed your mental fortitude, pushed maybe even physical like fortitude. Just what, whatever's pushed you to the point that you thought that you were just going to give up, but you fought through it anyway. I'd say PT school. <laughs> PT school, okay. Yeah, I mean, just in general, PT school, because holy shit, I had a lot of stuff go through, happen through PT school. Um, yeah. I had. I had another relationship that happened in there too, which ended up pretty shitty. Um, yeah, PT school, I mean, first year I'm studying my ass off and trying to make time for my friends, right, James? Um, <laughs> I remember that James would always, you guys would always hit me up and be like, hey, you want to hang out? You want to go, you want to go to a Ducks game? <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll go to a Ducks game. Um, but I got a freaking quiz the next day. They're like, just okay, that's fine, so what? <laughs> I'm like, all right. So we end up going to a Ducks game, right? And I'm just trying to freaking time manage at this point, right? PT school taught me how to time manage. So time manage as well as focus on relationships, focus on self-care. Um, so I decided that I'm going to focus on academics and socializing and creating a, continuing creating a good relationship with my friends. So I brought my studying stuff with me to the Ducks game, and that was fun because <laughs> I was studying during a <laughs> hockey game. And I remember looking over to a kid and the kid's like, what are you doing? Are you studying at a hockey game? What the hell's wrong with you? And I was like... That kid was like nine years old. I know. Too. And I was, like, I was like, fucking hell, <laughs> shit. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and I ended up actually not doing very well on that quiz. So I, at that point, I was just like, fuck it. I should actually put it. Probably should have just not studied and just spent 100% of my time yeah. with you guys. So, like, I'm a firm believer that, like, people who are taking in quizzes or, like, in school right now, people just focus on that one quiz or test, and they act like that one thing will define them for the rest of their life. Like you can fail a test, and they'll be okay. Like, you can get back to the next one. Like, you won't call the next time. One test and one quiz, one grade, one essay does not define you as a person. It never will. Yeah, this is true. Um, I wish I knew that as a PT student. <laughs> I kept trying to tell you that for well, the last I started, seven years I've I know, you. I started to <laughs> notice, though, it's like, as you start to get towards finals, um, you start to look at, like, the six classes you're taking, right? And then that next week, you got you got three or four finals coming up, and you're like, all right, well, in ortho, I got, in ortho, I have a B. In neuro, I have, like, a B. But cardiopulm, I have a C. I should probably study for cardiopulm. I think I could take a hit on ortho or neuro. <laughs> exactly. So it's like prioritizing. Yeah, prioritizing was the biggest thing that I learned in PT school. Uh, you said that this was a 10, like PT school as a whole, the whole, th- you went there for three years, right? Yeah. It was a three-year doctor program. Mm-hmm. So that, those three years, that was a 10 on the scale of adversity. And you also mentioned the relationship that also did not end as well. And this was after the relationship that had ended the first time, which the girl cheated on you. Mm-hmm. So which what made this next one, this one in PT school, that much worse? Yeah, so I went into PT school single. Um, my dumbass had, I have this like life plan of finish Mount Sac, go to Chapman University, as soon as Chapman University ends, you go to PT school. After PT school, you do a residency. After residency, you do a fellowship and so on. While in PT school, my thought process was, all right, I'm going to find my wife in PT school. We're going to get together, and then we're going to have a kid two years out. Right? We're going to get married. Wow. Right? We're going to get married, and we have a kid two years out, and then blah, blah, blah. Um, so I was like, I'm trying to like fit this girl in to my plan and it it was just a bad idea right so before that happened I came out of like I don't know I I was just like in a bad place after Chapman or just like relationship wise I wasn't in a good place Um, I was just messing around it just wasn't good and I remember I finally like liked this one girl and I remember I had a wall up in terms of showing my emotions and putting 100% into a relationship and then when I finally got with this girl, 
I thought maybe she was the one, right? So I put in, I put all my eggs in the basket. I was flying up to NorCal all the time during PT school on the weekends, right? And I was doing all these trips, and then it ended up being a shithole. And it was it, not a shithole, but like it ended up like not working out. It ended up not being good, basically. And I learned from that experience a lot, right? I learned that. I didn't know that she was basically hooking up with another person. Oh, so another cheating one, huh? Yeah, right? And my friends were like, dude, what are you doing? Like, how do you not see this? And of course, like, I love, like, just like the first one, I, once I get invested, I become blind, right? So all my friends are saying like, hey, like, you need to end this, like, it's not good for you. Um, So we ended up ending it. And so from then that kind of screwed me up because it's like my walls were up, I took my walls down, and then it was a shitty event, and then I had to put my walls back up again. And it's almost, so that was, that happened during PT school, and then towards the end of the, my PT school, I met, actually met a, met a girl um, in PT school, right? So kind of fit my plan. Um, kind of fit it, or I tried to put her into my plan. And that one actually was my my longest relationship. We ended up moving in together. We're having a good time. Um, but that one ended pretty bad too. <laughs> Once again, like wall went, wall went up, wall went down, <laughs> and then walls kind of back up again, right? And I'm trying to learn. Like I probably shouldn't have my wall all the way up all the time, right? I am. We should probably give other people a chance. So that's kind of what I'm learning from that relationship. Sorry, the it. last one, the very last one. Yeah, the very last okay. one. I remember I was around for that one because we had a lot of talks regarding that last one. Um, I remember that one hurt you pretty bad. Yeah, I yeah. So I ended up actually going to a psychologist, which was pretty helpful. Like everyone's saying, like, hey, you should go talk to someone about this, and I was always. Like, no, I don't need to see a psychologist, right? And actually was like, yeah, I'm pretty fucked up from it. Um, and I went to go see a psychologist. We started talking and kind of helped me, helped me kind of reason through things. And listening to podcasts too, like the Happiness Lab and just this, these other like podcasts, changing your mindset um, really helped. What well, mindset change worked the best for you? It was more just like, you, you need to work on so that uh, before we do that it's like being able to understand like why that relationship ended um i wanted closure from it so i asked her like hey like why did it end and she said you were getting too dependent on happiness from me she was a pretty independent person and i found myself being pretty dependent on her actions in order for me to be happy and so that made me really think like shit like my self-happiness needs to come from myself and not from others because once i start to depend on others that's when it becomes toxic right so having that mindset of like i need to be okay creating my own happiness by myself once i'm able to achieve that then everything will just fall into place potentially I'm actually doing a lot of work right now on abundance and manifestation and the basis of all of it is like work on yourself first, figure out what you need when you're happy and no longer putting all the importance on material things outside of you and putting more importance on the things inside of you, then things start to fall into place the way you'd want them to fall into place and you could start to manifest things that you always wanted. But the fact of the matter is, 90% 90% of the world right now are consumers, not creators. Yeah. But we're built to be creators. And so it's unlocking the creator mindset that's inside of us. But the way to do that is you have to be happy. You have to be happy with yourself, with who you are as a human being, as a person. And that you can't depend on others for giving you that satisfaction. That has to come from yourself at all times. Yeah. That's some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. I've been doing a lot of reading and whatnot. Um, Going back to that, how long did it take you to kind of, how many sessions or how much time did it take for you to bust through that and like realize that, hey, like I'm reading all this, 
but how long did it take for you to take it in and actually implement it in your life? I think it took me about almost a year. That's when, almost a year to start figuring out how to create self-happiness, right? That's when I started posting, like, on Instagram, like, my solo hikes in the morning at, like, 4.30 in the morning, right? Not safe. Don't do that. Um, so, like, solo hikes in the morning, solo <laughs> runs, solo workouts. Sometimes I've, been, sometimes I've even gone surfing by myself. Um, it's a lot of, like, solo stuff and self-isolated have to kind of find myself so it took me a little bit of time to be comfortable with that because I'm so used to working out with other people hiking with other people surfing with other people so a little bit of time yeah um, being with, with with yourself and not projecting your feelings onto others that's what helped you kind of work through everything to, as fast as you did is what I'm hearing because mm-hmm. if you're with other people then all the all your wants your desires that kind of gets pushed aside because now you're kind of concerned with what this other person wants to do or how they feel but when you're by yourself you can only focus on you yeah right i'm still i'm still struggling with that um i'm still struggling on taking into account how others feel and what others want to do even though if i don't want to do it i'll end up doing it because i know it'll make them happy um still working on that yeah it's a fine line i mean you can't be so selfish that you can't like never do the things that somebody else wants to do but then you also have to take into account what you want to do so it's finding that fine line and expressing yourself if people love you if people trust you enough if people value your opinion saying what you want to say it won't break it like it'll just have them realize that hey like this person thinks this way and if they want to acknowledge that that's up to them yeah. But at least you've made your point out there and at least you've told people the way you feel. Mm-hmm. So now you don't have this burning resentment towards them saying that, hey, like they didn't do what I want to do. But truth of the matter is, you didn't express it. It's true. So the moral of the story here is communication is key. Yes. Communication <laughs> yeah. is key. It's a key to pretty much every relationship, whether it be platonic or romantic or a work relationship. Any Communication is key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always, exp- you can't expect people to know what you're thinking because they never will you can't? <laughs> like, uh. and what you think that they think about you is a projection <laughs> yeah. but yeah uh, so you're doing a whole lot better now though mm. is what I'm hearing you're still working through it but it's you're, you're working at it yeah yeah I'm doing a lot better now um, I feel like I'm a lot more healthier good mindset good headspace did you ever take all of the bad feelings and then kind of um like what Figs did, or Ryan did last episode, but did you ever take all those bad feelings and push them out through your workout? So is that why you're so into fitness? Um, I have. I, I did, actually. Um, I remember that I would get... Not upset. No, yeah, I was pretty upset. Like, I would think about my last relationship and be pretty upset and just, like, focus on my lifts, right? Um, at that point, I was trying to, like trying to go heavy with like deadlifting and like squats and all that stuff um but it never really was the main focus of my exercise of my like workouts i knew like working out i i do it to like stay fit in order for me to do specific tasks right so at the time of working out i was focused on hiking i was focusing on doing my hikes faster. I would time how fast I would finish my hikes or how fast I would get to a mile. So I ended up like the first time was like 20 minutes a mile with my hike before Mount Wilson. And then the next time I knew that I needed to increase it, right? Because however, I wasn't able to increase it much because like my quads would fatigue out. So I knew at the gym, I would focus more on quad endurance and strength and gear my, gear my workouts to that. But now, like, oh, that's very cool. Yeah, and now surfing is like my goal, right? So a lot of a lot of rotational exercises, anti-rotational pop-ups, um, balance exercises. So that's kind of what my focus is on now. One last question about surfing before I move on here, but this is surfing's hard. Like plain and simple, that's a very <laughs> hard thing to master. It's a very hard thing to do. People often give up after their first time on a surfboard because they can't stand up on a surfboard. 
So what about you and what about your mentality and the way you grew up? What made you stick with it? What made you not want to quit? I think it, it all started on the first day. The first day I popped up, I knew I was like, shit, this is pretty good. Like, I'm decent at it. And everyone around me was like, dude, you popped up on your first day. Good job. Like, no one, people don't really do that on your first day. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm pretty okay at it. Um, and I think having friends that do it also, and they're always pushing you to go with them. And when they're at your same level, or sometimes they're even better than you, you see them getting better than you and you're it pushes it pushed me to want to be better right like not be better than them but be at their same level or um, just get better in general so whenever I get invested in something I put in that's like a lot of times it's the only thing I think about right so I got to the point where I would do my cardio and I'm over here watching YouTube videos on how to surf during my cardio mm -hmm. and on my free time I'm learning videos on how to pop up what's the proper technique like how can you do home exercises at home and then think about like creating your own exercises at home and even at the gym so I think it's having the supportive having friends around you doing it as well was meaningful for me and doing it with people who are better than you because iron sharpens iron yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay. alright guys we're going to take a quick break but when we return Scott's going to tell us about physical therapy and how to heal some ailments that you may or may not have. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning back in and listening to Scott. Uh, we're going to dive into his education and his physical therapy and this philosophy. Scott as you have heard from the intro, is an athletic trainer who is certified and is also a doctor in physical therapy. Scott, let's talk about your education. Where did it all begin? All began in high school and elementary school. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, just from the previous previous recording, or like from before, we talked about going to Mount Sac. So I went to Mount Sac thinking, all right, I want to be a business major. Um, I take my first business class, business law, it was shit. I, that was horrible. Um, I tried doing my study methods, didn't work. Um, so I ended up dropping business as like my potential major. And I was still playing water polo at the time. And I remember I got injured doing water polo because I had shoulder impingement. Basically, I was like irritating some things in my shoulder, which led to me compensating by lifting my shoulder up, which tightened up the muscles in my neck. And I started getting numbness and tingling down my arm. Um, knowing now it was basically thoracic atlas syndrome and poor scapular control, right? Weakness of lower traps and all yeah. that stuff. Um, and so when I went to go see an athletic trainer, they're like, hey, like, this, this is what happened. You, these muscles are weak and then you ended up compensating for here and then this irritated a nerve here. So that's why you're getting the numbs and tingling. You just need to do these stretches and exercises and you should be good. So, I mean, I was out for a few weeks and... It's pretty detrimental because, right, if you go back to the things that I was only doing at Mount Sac at the time was academics and water polo. So, um, after figuring that out, that was pretty dope. And so I further went on into doing some, like, shadowing hours with Andy Pollan at Mount Sac, which is the head athletic trainer there, and Bill Ito as well. And... From there, I was still doing my general education courses, so I was taking biology, fell in love with biology, and that was pretty cool also. Um, but then I took anatomy and physio, and after that, I fell in love with it, and I knew I wanted to go down a path that incorporated anatomy. Um, I was so nerdy in anatomy that I once I figured out muscle origin insertions, I was looking at people's movements, and I was already looking at like every motion that they're doing, I was able to figure out what muscles were going on and what was happening with each one, which is pretty nerdy because I couldn't turn it off. <laughs> hey. hey, man, whatever works for you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so after Mount Sac, um, I figured out I want to go into athletic training. However, I figured out the hours of athletic training were pretty hectic. Still not licensed in California. Um, we might not even be the most respected healthcare providers here in California. Some people don't even know who we are. Um, so I knew that if I wanted to have a family, 
and have a good stable job, nine to five job or something like that, I knew that athletic training might not be it. So I knew that there's another profession out there that was pretty similar to the rehab process of things. And I saw that was physical therapy. And so I did a lot of research on physical therapy in terms of like what needs to be, what you need to get prereqs and what other like, what are some good bachelor degrees or undergrad majors to do in order to get there. And I saw that athletic training was one of them. And I also saw like kinesiology and healthcare, healthcare, health science, right? So I was already in the niche of like doing athletic training. I loved it. I loved doing the field, field stuff as well as like emergency care. That was a nice adrenaline rush. And however, I knew that it wasn't going to support my family enough. So I ended up going through athletic training, finishing that out. And then knowing that I'll have the hands-on care and the patient treatments, being able to understand how to build rapport with athletes and patients, that it would correlate very well and transfer over to physical therapy very well. So during during Chapman University, I was working on trying to finish all my prereqs, right? So I was going to community colleges at the same time while at Chapman University, as well as doing clinicals. Um, so I was, I would take Chapman, I would, so basically I would take a class of Chapman in the morning from like 8 to like 12, and then I would drive to Orange County Community College, which was like 15 miles away, and take physics there, and then after that I would drive back and have to go to my clinical rotation, right, so it was a lot of driving for me during Chapman University to try to fit it in to get into PT school there. Um, and then once in PT school, I had those challenges, right? And during PT school, I fell in love with orthopedics, but I was also interested in neuro and concussions. So after PT school, I knew I wanted to continue learning more. Uh, I wasn't happy with the way I was treating. I wasn't as efficient and as effective as I wanted to be. And my thought process was, I joined, I joined this profession to help people, right? And I figured out if I'm able to figure out what's the one thing that's causing their symptoms the most, like basically am I, am I able to get the biggest piece of the pie? Mm-hmm. And so I thought a residency was what's, was what's gonna help me, right? I have a mentor on my shoulders. I got continuing education classes. They're challenging my critical thinking. Um, and so I felt like that was what helped me. So I did a residency there. Um, going back to helping people, um, I think it honestly all stems back to that first relationship in high school. Um, it was pretty toxic because she was also um, doing drugs, right? Uh, just like marijuana and stuff. And she was also like suicidal. Like she was like cutting herself and all that stuff. I remember there was a time that her grades were dropping and she was a junior at the time, right? And so schools were looking out, looking for students bring them in for colleges and all that and I knew her grades were dropping because she was smoking a lot of weed and so I was like hey like maybe maybe we should slow down on smoking weed and kind of stop for a little bit before so you can help out with your grades and stuff with school and so she was like okay I think that's a good idea um, but her friends didn't stop right her friends were actually smoking cigarettes and all that uh, and there was a time where she was her friends were smoking cigarettes outside and she went and asked, like, hey, can I have a, can I have a smoke? And they're like, no, like, you need to, you're supposed to not be smoking or doing anything. Like, you need to stop. And so she totally flipped out. She's like, what the fuck? I thought you were my friends. What the hell's going on? Why are you taking this side? What the fuck's going on? And then she pointed at me. She's like, I fucking hate you. I want to kill myself. And I'm like, what? What's going on? And then, um, this was on her front porch. And the street in front is a busy, pretty busy street. Um. And she started running in the middle of the street, trying to get hit by a car. And so she'd go run in the middle of the street, wait there for a car to come, but she'd chicken out. <laughs> she would not want to, she wouldn't commit basically. And she would run back onto the street and just run down the street. And it was starting to get dark and I was freaking out. So I was basically chasing after her and trying to tell her like, hey, get back on the street. Like, let's talk about this. Like, calm down. Everything's okay. Come on, come on back. Let's go back to your house and talk. And she wouldn't, and so I followed her 
into the street. So there's a street behind South Pasadena High School that kind of, it curves basically. And at the time it was getting dark. It was pretty dark actually. And at this road it curves so cars will drive down and they'll basically curve right. At the, but it's a pretty sharp right so you can't really see what's on the corner there. She chose to lay in the middle of the ground, there in the middle of the street where like if a car came and they're speeding and they didn't see her, she'd literally get run over. And I remember I was sitting on the sidewalk and there's a party going on down the street and I was like bumping and there's her friends next to me and I'm like screaming like, hey, like get up off the floor. Like, what are you doing? You're going to get hurt. Like, literally you need to get up. This isn't good for you. Like, and she's like, no, I fucking hate my life. Like, I want to die. Like, this is what I want to do. And I'm over there like standing next to her, like trying to get her up and trying to like pull her out. And she was pretty hesitant. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. If you're not going to get up, then I'm going to get fucking hit first. And so you'll be okay. So I literally sat. Sorry, there's a garbage. There's a garbage truck right here. <laughs> so I literally sat in front of her, like lay down straight, just like how, how she was in front of her. So if it did, if a car did come, it doesn't hit me first, right? And luckily enough, a car did not come. And fucking hell. Um, she actually got her to get up. And that was the first time I was actually able to get her to like calm down and get with me and go back to her house and talk, right? And that's not the first incident, right? There's other incidents where, like I have scars from stuff that she's done to me. Like there's kind of like, she went to the kitchen and she's freaking out again. And she got a pair of scissors and started cutting her thigh in front of me. Um, and I remember like grabbing the knife and the scissors and kind of throwing it over to the side of the room and just kind of holding her and be like, no, you need to stop doing this. And I was just basically hugging her trying to have her like calm down because I didn't know how to cope with someone that's suicidal right I'm just like hugging her and she she just digs her nails straight into my hand and I have a scar from it um and there's so many other incidences where like another one's like we went to prom at Alhambra High School and it's like basically a cruise that you go on Long Beach and you're just going around in a circle um and I had a I had a friend that went there before so I used to hang out with them a lot, so I knew a lot of people there. I knew a lot of girls there, basically, and I remember we, we were just walking around the boat and a lot of girls were saying hi to me, and I was like, oh, hey, like, nice to see you again, and all that stuff, and she freaked out. And so she went to the very top deck and was just trying to jump off. Once again, I had to hold her, um, hugged her, basically, not to, try not to make a big scene, and we went back inside, and I remember she was trying to get away from me, and she would dig, she dug her nails into my back and I probably have scars still from it. Um, so I knew that she was someone that I wanted to help. That's why I can, I like stuck with it, but also like she was my first. Um, so that kind of brings me back to the whole idea. Like I'm doing my, I'm doing what I'm doing to help people. It's cause I care about people. I'm not doing it for the money. I'm not doing it for whatever fame I'm doing it to help people because people need help um, so that's why I did kind of my residency the more efficient I can be the more people I can help the less time I need to potentially spend time on them the more time I can spend time helping other people wow that's that was a lot to unpack right there that was crazy uh, that's a lot of trauma that you're probably still working through um, but it's silver lining here is that trauma that you face is now helping you help others yeah it's kind of what's feeling you it's like not everybody's gonna be her right not everybody's gonna have the same problems as she did but everybody's going through their own thing mm -hmm. uh, whether that be physical or mental as a physical therapist you have the opportunity to help with both like first things first you're gonna be there to fix their ailment that they came in there for on the physical side but on top of that you also spend 30 minutes to an hour or however long your treatment session is and you're able to talk about life you're able to talk about what their day was like what they wanted to do like what they can't do and you're their sounding board you're there to hold space and that's something that's different from any other healthcare profession that there is if you look at doctors or nurses they're like it's kind of in and out i mean doctors doctors more so i know nurses stay around and they help a lot and they talk a lot but physical therapy athletic trainers 
they have they spend way more time with their patients than any other healthcare profession does. Yeah. Plain and simple, and you're able to be there for for them just in life, not just physically. And so it's really cool to see the fact that that trauma that you've experienced is fueling you. Does that go into the philosophy that you have as a physical therapist? Yeah, so the philosophy I have for physical th- so the more I've noticed with physical therapy is it's a lot more psychological than anything. Right? If you can connect on a personal level with your patient, you really get the whole picture of like what's going on with their life. If you can change if you can gear your exercises, you can gear movements, you can gear whatever like manual therapy you're doing towards their goal of like being able to like surf again or hang out with their kids again, being able to sleep again, being able to like pick up their grandkids, right? If you can tap into that, you literally can do anything you want. Like you can provide the poorest level of care, but if you have that rapport built, they're all, they're 100% in. They'll do whatever you want and they're going to believe it also, right? And so going on that, I have kind of like a life motto. It's basically, if you have the time the education and the abilities to help someone it's your obligation to do so right no matter what no matter what is going on in your life if you have the ability to help someone and you know that they're struggling help them out even if you get something in return or you don't it'll, it'll come back to you right just like what you said James right <laughs> it always comes back it always comes back. It'll come back later on or it'll come back later in life and karma, whatever. Um, just know that you're helping someone and someone needs your help. Like you, if, if you're going to do the same thing, wouldn't you want someone else to help you out? One of the things that somebody I respect said to me recently, like I, I respect her immensely, but she was just like, I just want you to be a good person. Mm. Like be a good human being and things will be better. And that's exactly what you're embodying in your practice and in your day-to-day life. Um, Something you said earlier that I kind of want to dive into a little bit more and kind of unpack is the fact that as a physical therapist, people respect you more and understand what you have to say more once they know that you care. So it's kind of like the saying is like, people don't don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Exactly. So the more that you care about them, the more that they buy in because now you're invested too. Mm -hmm. They're not just a patient. They're not just a number they're a human being and that you care for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does your day-to-day life as a physical therapist look like? So a patient <laughs> a patient's going to come in, right? They have a scheduled appointment. And the first thing I, the first thing I don't say is like, okay, how's your pain feeling? It's going to be like, hey, like, how was your weekend? What'd you do this weekend? Or like, hey, how's your, how are your kids doing, right? Oh, hey, like, did you go skiing this weekend? Uh, I heard the snow was really good. Or... Like, how was your run, right? It's basically, it's, like, things that they love. You don't you don't talk about, like, their injury. You don't be like, oh, hey, like, how long were you able to sit today? Hey, what's your pain level at? Never fucking ask about pain level. Because all you think, all the patients are going to think about is pain now. Don't fucking do that shit. Focus on things that they love, right? Like, I think that's the biggest part is building that bedside manners. Um, and patients come back to you if you have that rapport built and if you're just basically a good person, right? If you can have a personality that matches with theirs. Right. So I'll, I'll start off with like just conversations like, Hey, like, how are you doing? Just like how you would with a friend. And then from there you can dive a little bit deeper. Like, okay, like, Hey, like how long were you able to, like if someone has like a back pain, like, Oh, how long were you able to sit today at work without irritation? Or like, how long were you able to, how, how long were you able to walk for from there? Right. And then you go and, um, reassess your asterisk sign basically what irritates their back right and so that's the one thing that you're constantly retesting right so if someone comes in a low back pain and they're saying they have trouble bending on touch your toes you know that's the one assessment that they can recuperate their symptoms not you recreating it because if they can recreate it and you fix whatever is going on and they're able to do that same motion and they feel better that's even more of a buy-in rather than you going and pushing on their back and then doing a manipulation or a soft tissue or stretch or strengthening and then pushing it again. They can probably think, they're probably thinking deep down inside like, oh, maybe this guy's just trying to make me think that it's better because maybe he's not pushing as hard. But mm-hmm. if they can actively move, go down and touch their toes the first time and it's painful and then do it again and they see a difference, they're going to be like, what the fuck did you just do? <laughs> I've seen it, I've seen it so many times where they'll do it and they'll do them, they'll like stop and they'll look at me and be like, what the fuck? 
and then they'll do it again continue moving and like it's gone I'm like yeah this is why it worked like educating them also on what to do right that's the biggest thing it's like fixing fixing the problem but then also educating them how to self-treat because I don't want them to constantly come back to me the whole point of them coming to see me is for me to be a tool and an educator to teach them what to do to help self-care because I don't want them to be relying on me they need to be performing self-care and self-love right (laughs) self-happiness all that it, it kind of goes back to the fact that if you help, if you communicate, which is something that's big, mm-hmm. if you communicate and educate them on how to be better and not come back to you, that's one other person that you can help. So, like, that person has come back to you so you can fill that time slot with somebody else that you can help. Exactly. So the more you educate, the more people you actually help, it's go crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to physical therapy here, uh, what are, like, the most common things that you see in the population? If out of like all the people that you see all the time, what are the most common ailments that you treat? Injury-wise, it's going to be low back pain, but psychologically, it's people that are freaking the fuck out in terms of what's going on. Right? They're coming to see you because they're like, I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know what to do. Um, and the common thing I'm seeing is like, oh, I shouldn't do this motion because I have a herniated disc. Or I shouldn't do this because it's gonna hurt my back, and it's like, no, nah, you're fucking strong. Like, your 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 spine is like super stiff and super strong. There's so many different ligaments there, um, and it's basically addressing those that are fearful, right? If you notice anything in life, you're scared of stuff that you don't know what's gonna happen. So if you once again, if you educate them and you tell them like, hey, okay. I basically break it down in terms of if someone comes with low back pain, there's only so many things that can be causing it after you rule out red flags, right? So it's the fear avoidant patients that I like to, I see the most of, and I'm in a gym. And so a lot of them are scared to do a deadlift, do a squat, pick up a kettlebell, pick up a barbell, um, do a pushup even, right? so I like to challenge them and I like to tell them like, hey, I like to go back to the thought process of like, hey, like glad- gladiators back in the day, right? They're freaking buff as hell. They're like super strong, harder to kill, right? I know you're not, I know it's not like now that you're like harder to kill that you're trying to focus on, but more so like, hey, if you're like super strong and resilient, it's, it's going to lessen your chances of injury, right? And also, if your body's able to handle these loads in the gym, think about the loads that you're having in your daily life. They're not going to be anything close to what you're dealing with. Right? Wow. So I, that's why I have, like... That's like a little mindset shift. Yeah, right? So I have, like... I have, like, my older patients doing squats, deadlifts. I have, like... I had a lady deadlifting, like, 175. And she was only, like, 150 pounds. And I was, like... Mm-hmm. She's, like, what's the importance of this? I'm, like, you have to pick up your groceries one day, right? You have to pick up your grandkids, like... Imagine how heavy your grandkids' groceries are, and imagine how much you're lifting here. Like it's gonna be a breeze once you have to get to that point. I like and it. Do like, oh. you know who David Goggins is? David Goggins. 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 Uh, he's an ex-Navy SEAL, marathon runner. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he comes up. He's like one of the people I really admire the most in terms of mindset. But he has this thing. It's called calcing your mind. And it's about doing hard things now so that later on when you face adversity, it becomes that much easier. And that's essentially what you're doing now. You're having them do physical therapy that's really, really difficult. I mean, like, to them, it's difficult. But in terms of real life, it's easy. The whole deadlift versus picking up your groceries or your kids, you're going to deadlift way more than the groceries are definitely going to be weighing. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you can do a deadlift with 155 pounds, for example means that you can carry groceries with ease and so it's a mindset shift it's a perspective shift and i think that's a great thing that you're doing there yeah uh, what are the most common ways that you, if you could kind of give out like a couple tips on how to heal your body for the most common ailments what would you say as a physical therapist is it mobility or is it strengthening or is it a mindset shift what is it that you see the most that you tell people the most in order to fix what they're feeling I think it's a mindset shift. It's it's not focusing on pain too much, right? You're going to have these pains and aches, right? If you're doing whatever activities, you're going to have pains and aches. 
and most of the time it's like if you just ignore them you'll be fine but as soon as you continue focusing on them and obsessing about it thinking about it every day it's going to be your main focus and then once it's your main focus you're going to increase sensitivity to that area and then it's just going to get worse if you try to focus on just like doing your daily tasks tasks fine getting up and moving doing a variety of motions like like doing yoga is a good one right because there's a variety of motions there um basically just move <laughs> like find a friend that's like doing these random ass workouts and do it with them but also like listen but of course be safe yeah yeah but yeah, yeah but listen to your body right don't go and um like start doing like deadlifts like deadlifting like five plates if you've never deadlifted before in your life um even though if you have james yelling at you don't don't <laughs> don't fall into it <laughs> You should tell them the story about when you tore your neck of them. Oh, yeah. Freaking trying to max out on a squat and wearing some Roshis. So stupid. I ended up just maxing, <laughs> putting so much pressure over the base of my first because my arches are so high and just subluxed my first, my pronius longus. <laughs> so he wore a boot for like a month and a half. Still in the gym, though. Still working out. Yeah, he still went to the I'm gym. I'm still working out. So- <laughs> So that's why I call him squat. So if I've said squat in this interview at all, that's the reason why he got hurt doing a squat. So don't make fun of him for it. (laughs) Uh, So Scott, I know you're a very, very busy dude. So, and you always have something on your plate. So what's next? Like what project are you working on now? Yeah. So currently I'm with Offset Med. We're working on creating, well, creating a continuing education course that's geared towards physical therapists first. And then from there, we're going to open it up to athletic trainers and actually making it have units for you for your certifications. So, oh, very yeah. Cool. So right now, me, Aaron, TJ, Dylan, my co-founders, um, we're working on this product, um, finding the most recent research on breakers, basically creating um, a movement analysis on movements. So the most common movement that we see, actually, there's a preliminary study done by... Um, uh, our buddy at Chapman University that looked at breakers and they found that low back pain was very common in low back and breakers and we saw that windmill was one of them so just like for like a baseball pitch with running walking there's different phases of motion right and so we figured out that there wasn't really any phases for a windmill so we kind of created our own uh, for you to for physical therapists or any healthcare provider to kind of understand to assess it and from there if an individual comes in with low back pain and you're going to be like, hey, like, okay, like, what specific move, movement irritates it? And if they say windmill, then you're like, okay, sweet, I fucking know what a windmill is and I know the different phases of it and how to treat it because different phases require different positions of stability and mobility as well as being able to control the momentum. And so with our continuing education course, we're breaking down that movement analysis and then we're also breaking down each movement that needs to be able to happen so like being able to do a stab being able to do a coin drop all that stuff um and understanding how to even do that right so we have a lot of component where we're going to get our physical therapists or healthcare providers and we're going to teach them how to do a stab we're going to teach them how to do a coin drop drop and we're going to show them what is required of this motion and what muscles need to be activated and what needs to be stable what needs to be mobile and basically it's just helping healthcare providers treat dancers better Right, because that's such an underserved po- patient population, and a lot of people don't understand what goes into it and the culture behind it. So, that's what we're trying to do here at Offset Med. That's really really cool. Uh, eventually, I will have to get Aaron on here. Aaron's a really good friend of ours, great guy. He's a dancer. He created Offset Med. Gonna have to get him on here eventually. Yeah. All right, Scott. Last question here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is one takeaway that you want people to take from this interview? I'd say, do whatever, mm. here's a quote from my mentor that really stuck with me. He says, do whatever is going to make you happy, as long as it doesn't affect your relationships, your relationships as in friendships, marriage, or your work, just fucking do it. Don't don't care about what other people say or what other people think about you, just do it. Because at the end of it, your happiness is all that matters. Wow, that's powerful. That's very deep. Yeah. 
Scott, thank you so much for your time. Where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram, uh, scottlee.dpt.atc. And then you can find me on Facebook. I don't really post on Facebook. But Instagram's... And he also works with Offset Meds. Yeah. Yep. And so if you want to go through Offset Med, do you take private clients for physical therapy? I do. I do. What is your base rate? Um, it's 120 an hour. 120 an hour. If you want some work done for Scott, he's really, really good. I can attest to that. He's worked on my back a couple of times. Good stuff. 120 an hour. Worth it. Um, but yeah, Scott, thank you so much. I know you're very busy. I appreciate Thanks you. Thanks for having me, James. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up our episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, I didn't make any mistakes this time, so the fact check is not really a thing. So go me, right? I think I had a pretty good episode, to be honest with you guys. Had a lot of good quotes in there, a lot of good sayings, some ideas and concepts that I'm working on now that I hope you guys will work on to and employ. So there's a lot of good takeaways here. Um, hope you guys enjoyed. If you want anybody, if you know anybody who wants to be on this podcast, be interviewed, or if you yourself want to be interviewed, send me a DM, send me a text if you have my number. Uh, I'd love to have you on here. This is a great experience for everybody. Get to talk about your life. People get to learn about you and what you've experienced because everybody's unique. Everybody's different. Everybody has their own story, and people like to hear about that. So that'd be cool. But anyway, that just about wraps it up. Follow us on social media. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. That'd be awesome. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week, great rest of your day, and I'll see you next week. Bye.